Hello, what is up? This is Hussein Talib, host of the Success Grade podcast, streaming now on Amazon Music. Inspiring stories of entrepreneurs and business education to help you raise the standards to achieve greatness. Find and follow the Success Grade podcast in the Amazon Music app to get every episode now. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Success Grade podcast. With my guest, Liam Nadim, he is a speaker, teacher, writer, and researcher who helps you understand the process of creating true success in your life by understanding how to use your brain the right way, overcoming your problems, achieving your goals, and ending frustration, which is something that I believe we all have at some point. So welcome to the Success Great Podcast, Liam. Thank you, Hussain. Really, really excited to be here. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Awesome. So we are all about educating and inspiring people to strive to, uh, to raise their standard to, in their business and their life, to work every day hard and achieve their goals. So that's where you come in. So tell us first, what is the definition of success? Because a lot of people have different things around success and the, the definition of success and what it means to them. Sure. Well, you know, the funny thing about that word success is that, as you say, many people have different definitions. But, you know, there's actually a biological definition of success. Biological definition. A biological definition, because we can all disagree on who we are, what we're doing, all those things. But there's one thing we can all agree on, and that is we all live in a physical body. We're biological beings, and we, we live in a biological world. We're surrounded by life. We are physical life and we're surrounded by life. And we actually have a biological purpose for being here. And any biological scientist will tell you this. And the purpose of your life and all life is literally to survive and thrive so that you have the best chance of not only your own survival, but the survival of the species. So the purpose of your life is to survive and thrive. And what does that actually mean? It means being healthy, strong, so that you can best fight off disease or attackers or or recover from injury. But it also means being your best mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So what does that mean? That means being the happiest that you can be. So not only is your biological purpose to be happy, that is what success is. That is the ultimate definition of your success is being happy. And when you really think about it, everything else that we strive for or we think that we want, we don't want those things. What we want is what we that we want the happiness that we think that thing will give us. Mm. So success can only mean one thing, and that's being happy, because that's what we all want. That's what we're biologically here for, is to be happy. And everything else has the purpose of contributing to our happiness, everything else we think we need. So that's my simple definition of success. So so because the definition of success from your point of view is like to be happy. So, for example, each one of us should look to achieve the goals that they want that are going to make them happy and audit these goals. And if certain goals are not making them happy, they should scratch that away, right? Well, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned in my in the introduction that what I do is I teach people how to use their brain the right way. And I could explain a bit about how the brain works because most of us have never been taught how our brain actually works. We expect it to do to, to give us good things, but we don't 
use it the right way. And that's why we get stress and problems in our life. But one of the things that happens when you use your brain the right way is that you automatically set the right goals. You automatically do the right things and you stop doing the wrong things. You know, for so much of my life, I've been an entrepreneur pretty well all my life. And I've been a student of personal development, spirituality, religion. I've been to seminars all over the world. I've read books. I've done courses literally for decades on anything you can imagine, all to try and find out how to be successful. But the one thing I learned was that if you don't set the right goals, firstly, you're not going to achieve them. Secondly, your life is going to be a struggle. And thirdly, even if you do achieve them, you're not going to be happy. In other Mm -hmm. words, you're not going to be successful. So what you need to do in terms of goal setting, the most fundamental thing to do is to set the right goals. And you can only do that when you use your brain in a particular way, in the way it's designed to be used, because what you find is that biologically, you're designed to achieve the right goals, because that's part of you being happy. Yeah, so, so it's part of your biological purpose. Awesome. So how do we know the right goals, actually? These are the goals that are right for a certain person. It, the, whole, the whole area of goal setting is a little bit controversial in actual fact. And there's been more and more books. I don't know if you've been following some of the latest books, but people are starting to question the whole issue of of even goal setting at all. And to me, there are two types of, and the way I break it down, there are two types of goals. There are knowing goals and there are wishing goals. And most people, and a knowing goal is when you see something or you, you want something and you just know that you're going to get it. And you don't know how, and you don't know but it's a different feeling. And sometimes it can be things like you meet somebody and you say, I'm going to marry that person. Even though you've just met them, you have this gut feeling, this inner knowing. Or you might work, walk into a house and you go, I'm going to buy this house. And you don't know how you're going to do it. That happened to me a few many years ago. I walked, I was looking for a house. I walked into this house and I just said, I'm going to buy this. And every cell of my being said I was going to buy it. It was triple the price I could afford, my budget, but I did buy it. Everything just slotted into place. I I still don't know how I found all the money to buy it, but somehow it was meant to be, so it happened. And and it was a a goal that made me happy. So there are knowing goals, but there's also wishing goals. And they're the goals that you will never achieve that are always associated with stress and struggle and, and difficulty and which you are trying to set to make you happy because you're in a state of anxiety and fear. So if, you're, if you sit down and you say to yourself, I'm really unhappy and I, I really want some more money or I really want some, um, to have a better relationship or I want to fix this relationship or I want to fix my business, if it's based on fear and stress and you're just really hanging on to that outcome, but, but you don't believe that you're going to get it, but you really want it. That's called a wishing goal. And that's using a different part of your brain. Because as I said, when you have a knowing goal, you're in a particular mental state. And I can explain how this works. But when you're in a wishing goal, you're in a different mental state that's based on fear, stress, worry. And, you're, and you know that it's going to be a struggle and you're going to try and put in some effort. Those are the wrong goals to have. Yeah. Because it's going to be hard work. You're probably not going to achieve them. And even if you do, it's not going to make you happy. That's yeah. the difference. And it's all to do with using this thing, your brain. So from what I understand, for example, people 
who achieve certain goals and achieve them, these goals are they have already achieved them before. So is that something that they call they should actually call them goals? Because like you mentioned now, you look you looked at a house and you basically money-wise you could not afford it, but somehow you got the house. Someone mm-hmm. looking at the car, they basically can't afford the price of it, but at certain point, like after a, a couple of years, one year, whatever it is in time, they afford it and make it happen. So what makes the difference between people actually achieving these goals that they have never actually achieved before and the people who keep putting goals that they already have achieved and know that they can achieve, which makes them in the comfort zone of goals, I think. So, Well, if I understand you correctly, what I think, what I think take it to mean what you're saying is, um, is about goal setting. What it really comes down to is you don't achieve a goal. Your brain does it for you. Now, we've got this machine between our ears that we have no concept. Nobody's ever taught us the enormous power of, of our brain, what it actually is. It's far, far more powerful than any computer. In fact, it's been estimated that it has the computing power. Your brain, not everybody's, not all the brains put together, one brain, your brain, has the computing power of 500 trillion microprocessors. So, and the purpose of your brain is to is to it's the machine that is designed to make you live out your biological purpose which is to survive and thrive and be the best that you can be and be happy so your brain is almost infinitely powerful and it has a sole job of making you happy and giving you everything that you need to be happy so it's not actually you who does the goal setting or or gets the right goals it's your brain does the work for you it's this machine that it's designed to do it it has a very mm. specific task. So, and if you're struggling and if you're trying to figure out what your goals should be and you're not achieving them or something's easy or something's hard, all of that sort of stuff is using your brain the wrong way because the way your, way your life actually works when it works the way it should is your brain brings to you the right people, the right circumstances, the right opportunities, the right thoughts, the right actions to do the right things to have you living your biological purpose. It's a machine. It does this methodically. And so you don't need to try and figure out and get stressed about your goals. You just need to hand it over to that part of your brain that's job is to do that. If I can give you an analogy, I mentioned the brain is a machine because it is. It's a biological machine. Now, it's incredibly powerful, but it's designed to give you this ideal life, make you thrive. And it does it in a very predictable way. But you need to be able to use it the right way. Because, for instance, we know other machines like a motor car. We know what a motor car is. It's a a machine designed to do one thing, get you from where you are to where you want to go safely, comfortably, enjoyably, and easily. And you know that that's going to do that. You don't worry about it or doubt. But you know that's exactly what it's designed to do. And that's what it will do, guaranteed but you have to know how to drive it the right way. It's not yeah. going to do that if you don't know how to drive it. Yeah. Because so speaking, you might get speaking into of a... driving, like yeah. it's, it's, it's an outside machine. You have, you, have the, you have the gearbox, you have the steering wheel, you have the pedals to step on to, to arrive from A to Z, right? But yeah. on our brains, because you described it, described it as a machine, how do we know 
to you how do we not use certain components let's say of the brain if it's a machine like the car certain components yeah. in the car how do we use the these component at the same time in a good combination to reach our goals brilliant i'm glad you asked that question because this is what i actually teach people and it's how your brain works and how this machine works and i've broken it down into a simple model that's easy to understand that does isn't full of technical scientific terms but this is based on science what i'm about to explain and like with a motor car you don't need to know all the technical names of every gadget and piece of wire and everything in your car you just need to know as you explained a few things that you need to do in a certain sequence to get the right result and that's what you do when you take driving lessons and what i'm trying to do is give people brain driving lessons so that they can get the right results and and do what their brain's supposed to do <laughs> At first, it's like you you don't know you don't know anything about uh, driving, so uh, that's why everybody uh, sometimes gets afraid. They w- they will fail their driving test at the first time or second time. That's right. But what do you do? You wouldn't dream of getting into a car and going anywhere, or no one would let you go anywhere if you hadn't learned how to drive it. If you hadn't had some lessons, and they would say to you, "Well, don't whatever you do, it's, it'll be dangerous for you getting into a car and trying to drive it." If you if you don't know, if you haven't had any lessons if someone hasn't taught you if you, if you haven't practiced so let me explain a bit about how if I may about how the brain works and how it really is a machine and I think your listeners will start to see that it is a machine it's a very predictable orderly well structured machine that works in a particular way and it works perfectly if you use it the right way but if you don't use it the right way like with a car if you've got problems in your life like if you have problems driving a car it's because it's being used the wrong way it's as simple as that but we'll see when i explain it so there's four parts to your brain as i say these have all got scientific terms they're all in different parts of your head they're all physical locations this isn't just your mind or subconscious nothing to do with that this is physical biological so you have a part at the top of your head which i call the thinking brain it obviously has scientific name for it but it's your, this is the part of your brain that basically what it does is it takes every piece of information that you get at every moment in your life through your five senses so everything you hear see smell taste touch in every moment and all of your thoughts all of the information you gather in your life is stored in this part of your brain so this is like a library or a database of all of the knowledge all of the experience that you've had in your life up to and including this moment it's stored in your thinking brain the second part of your brain is your your feeling brain your emotional brain and this is located just below your thinking brain and this is responsible for your emotions for how you feel and it creates chemicals called neurotransmitters or sometimes hormones that make you feel either really good or really bad so everything from loving creative grateful all those things to feeling stressed worried afraid that's all handled by your emotional feeling brain the third part of your brain is at the back of your head and it's called the survival brain and this part of your brain is responsible for looking after everything about your survival so your breathing your heart rate all of your organs things you're not thinking about because this part of your brain is just handling them handling them automatically and there's one part of your survival that is that is a critical part that this part of your brain looks after and that is if on the very odd occasion rare occasion you have something that comes at you into your environment that is an immediate threat to your survival 
something that could really harm you or even kill you. And if you think uh, an example that's, uh, that's easy to understand is imagine from prehistoric times, you're walking in the forest and a lion jumps out at you from behind a tree <laughs> and starts roaring. So what your brain does then, it recognizes that that's an immediate threat to your survival and it activates something called your sympathetic nervous system, which creates your fight, flight, freeze mechanism. I'm sure everyone's heard of it and we know what this is. So you, you instantly go into a different mental state different brain state and you and your brain fights off that danger there and then it does whatever is necessary to react to fight off that danger and that includes might be running away or shouting for help or standing and trying to fight whatever it is and we know this this is a reaction so this is a very specific survival tool that your brain in your survival brain has to deal with the odd occasion when you're faced with an immediate threat so those that so those are the th first three parts of the brain. Now, the fourth part of the brain, which has only more recently become uncovered and, and researched by scientists to, to discover this is actually a separate part of your brain. There are a couple of places where this function takes place. And it's what I call your creative brain. And your creative brain, this is where your knowing goals come from that I mentioned before. It's where you get your gut feelings, your intuition, your new ideas, your creativity your imagination. It's where you, where you suddenly, um, and where it's also from where you feel motivated. So you're really feeling positive and good. In other words, you're feeling great. You're feeling happy. You're doing all of the right things that you're supposed to be doing to create a happy life. And you're avoiding making mistakes and, and doing the wrong thing. Because again, they're based on gut feelings, aren't they? Yeah. But the other thing about this part of your brain, remember I said how infinitely powerful it is, and its job is to create for you basically your ideal life so that you thrive and are as happy as that you can be so that you're the best that you can be so that you carry on your biological purpose. So this part of your brain also manages things that on the surface from a limited awareness look like luck. So things like people coming into your life unexpectedly, you happen to be the right people, right circumstances and events, coincidences, synchronicities chance events. This is all actually managed by your creative brain, this part of your brain, all part of making you the best that you can be and the happiest that you can be. And the way you're supposed to use your brain is you're supposed to operate from that creative part of your brain all of the time. And sometimes it's described as being in the flow, being in the zone. This is where you're making the right decisions. The right things are happening to you in your life. And you're being really productive. You're getting great results. You're having great relationships. And you're really happy because that's why you're here. You're so you're talking, you, you, we should always work from that creative brain. But don't you think like people in general, sometimes fear, fear gets in the way, stress gets in the way, uh, outside, outsider effects like people or circumstance gets in the way. How do we know that we are... We want and keep working on our creative brain. Well, here's the thing. And I was just going on to explain this one time when you're not supposed to be feeling good and feeling creative and living your ideal life and being happy. And that is when your brain sees something in your environment that is an immediate threat to your survival. And then it kicks in fear, anxiety, stress, and worry. And that activates the part of your brain that is the fight, flight, freeze part. So what is actually happening 
is that when you feel fear or stress or any sort of negativity in your, in your um, body at all, in your emotions, your brain is sending you the wrong message. Because what it should, it should only be giving you that message if you're faced with an immediate threat to your survival. But most of the time, people, why they are in a state of stress and fear and worry is because their brain is not as somehow got mixed up to thinking that what they watch on the news, what their husband or wife has told them, what's going on in the stock market, what's going on in their business. Somehow their brain is saying to them, this is a threat to your survival. But it's not. Your husband or wife tells you they want a divorce. You're not going to die because of that. The stock market goes down. You lose all your money. I've been homeless. I've lost. I've been gone from a multi-millionaire to being homeless, to having to live on my mother's sofa in her living room. I know what it's like. It didn't kill me. But when you feel stress and worry, your brain is telling you that it is likely to kill you, and that's what makes you feel afraid. And that's a, that's what's using your brain the wrong way. Because here's the real problem with that: when your brain puts you in that survival state to deal with an immediate danger. It takes all of the resources from elsewhere in your body and elsewhere in your brain to deal with that immediate problem because it's an emergency. It's only there to deal with emergencies. But one of the things that it does, and it also shuts down anything that's not of any use to you, <clears throat> excuse me, um, to deal with that immediate danger. And what's the one thing that it shuts off? Your creative brain. Mm. Because your creative brain is no, of no use to you to deal with an immediate threat. But the problem, and that's perfect when you're dealing with the lion running at you because you don't want to be being grateful for how beautiful the flowers are in the forest and smelling the, smelling the air and, 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 and you don't want to be being creative and coming up with all sorts of ideas. All of that part of you is not only useless, but it's actually dangerous. Mm -hmm. So your survival brain is going to block that all off. Now, that, as I say, that's absolutely perfect when you're facing something that's an immediate threat. But what about your problems? Because what you're blocking is your access to the problem-solving part of your brain. And it's all because you, you, when fear, worry, stress, your brain has, is, is taking a signal to block all that off. It's thinking there's an immediate threat or danger when there isn't. And it says, shut. you don't need your problem-solving ability. You don't need your, to get great ideas. You don't need to think about the future. You don't need to have a big awareness about who you are and what your life situation is. You don't need to know the right things to do. You just need to get out of this danger right now. And that's why people who are living in the state of fear and worry are never able to solve their problems effectively. They're, and I know this because this is the way I used to live before, and it's what caused me to work all this stuff out, that when you're in a state of stress, when you're trying to achieve and you're working hard and you're stressed, your brain is operating the wrong way. It's not bringing you the resources that actually make your life what it's supposed to be easy fun enjoyable it's like we are, effort, we are, we are as humans we stay on the survival mode like we're not the, supposed to be we're not that's yeah. the thing we're, that we're, this is not natural it's not natural to feel fear stress and worry apart from when you're faced with an immediate danger because one of the things that happens when you feel fear and stress you actually damage your body this is a, something that takes enormous energy away from your other organs and because it's thinking it has to deal with an immediate threat, but only it's only designed to be used for short periods of time. But if, if you're in a state of stress and worry, you are damaging yourself. And we know this. We know that there's more and more research that disease, if not all of it, most of it is caused by stress. It's damaging us. Really? So it's not biologically natural to be stressed. 
And the fact that everybody is, the fact that everybody's stressed and worried and trying to do all this stuff doesn't mean it's the right way to do it. Because if you look at the rest of nature, if you really look closely, there's no stress there. Birds, animals, they do what they need to do. And everything works out perfectly where it's supposed to. And it's yeah. funny that all major religions teach this. They say, have no fear. I'm not sure what religion you belong to or if you do belong <laughs> to a religion. But this is what religion says. Have faith, believe, trust, have no fear. And I don't think it's saying that because it's just saying, well, this is a nice idea. Please don't be afraid. Please try not to be afraid. It's just a suggestion. This is an instruction as to how your brain works and how you're designed to live. So if you are feeling fear and there's not an immediate danger to your survival, you're using the brain the wrong way. You are interpreting something. You're allowing your brain to interpret something incorrectly. And it's all based on you know, this information that's been coming into you from the day you were born about what's dangerous, what's safe. And it's all not true. It's all ideas and, and, as I say, information you've been given that simply isn't true. So you need to retrain your brain to firstly realize that anything that makes you feel bad is automatically putting your brain in the wrong state. And you'll never create your ideal life. You'll never come up with the right solutions. You'll never do the right things when you're in that state because that's just designed to get you to react and act in a very limited way. It's not where all your power lies. And that's how, how I – that's basically – how your brain works. So, so what would designed, you say? You're not designed to feel afraid. Yeah. So, what would you say? The secret to success in one simple hack. So, what one simple hack can a person can do to stay away from fear? Because the difference, for example, between us and animals as a human beings, for example, is that, like I mentioned, we can control our control our thoughts. We can control. We should be able to do that. Animals, on the other hand, they, they are basically on a automatic mode. We, on the other hand, we should be able to have the manual mode also and the automatic one. So what would be one well, simple act to secrets of the success? It's a funny thing. Can I just say everyone's after a quick fix, but wanting a quick fix is using your brain the wrong way because that's what your survival brain wants. Give me, you know, get me out of this pain now. Give me an answer right now. I'm not saying you're you're saying it like this, but I'm just in general. Yeah, yeah. We we, we all do, we all we do all want a quick fix if there's a certain problem with money or whatever it is. It's like people mm. in general. This is what we do. We, we we want instant gratification. And do you think this is a problem? Yes, because it's not the way you're designed to work. You're supposed to allow the right things to come into your life. It's a little bit like. Can I give you an analogy? About, and this is why I, I, I teach how to use your brain, because it's a little bit like a car. If something is not working in your car, imagine you're driving along and the red light starts flashing on the dashboard and you get out a hammer and you just bash the light so that it's not flashing anymore. That's the quick fix, isn't it? But you're not doing anything to solve the problem. And then another red light comes up. Oh, you bash that one. Great. It's all a quick. All I'm after is a quick fix, because you might say to somebody, What do I do about the red light? What's the fastest way to get rid of the red light flashing? Well, get a hammer out and, and smash it. Then you fix the problem. But it doesn't solve the problem, does it? You in, And this is why we've got to retrain ourselves to stop looking for quick fixes. You know, another example is you come home to your house one day and you see a crack on the wall and you go, I've got a crack on the wall. I'm gonna, I need to find out how to fix it. 
So you look up on YouTube and you read the books and you go to, and you find out what you need and how to do it. And you go to the hardware store and you buy all the stuff and you fix the crack on the wall. And you go, great, problem solved. And then you come home the next day and there's two cracks on the wall and you do the same thing. And you go, great, problem solved. Next day, there's four cracks. Before you, and all you're doing is you're being busy and you, you're solving the, what you think is the problem. And you're going, great, I've, I've got my quick fix. I've, because a quick fix is, a, is satisfying a need that your brain has for something, for a hit of dopamine, which is a chemical that makes you feel good in the moment. But it doesn't solve the issue. Because with the house, wouldn't it be a good idea, instead of spending all your time being busy and, and, and thinking you're making progress when you're not, just to step back and say, well, actually, I need to find out what's the cause of all these cracks in the wall. It's not the cracks that are the problem. It's the foundations. It's how the house is set up. And that's what I need to, to repair. And when I do that, it's going to be a big job. And it, I, it's going to take some effort. Once it's done, then I can go back to enjoying the house. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life papering over cracks. So this is why there aren't really any quick fixes, but I can give your listeners a couple of ideas. The first one... <laughs> The most important thing comes from understanding how your brain works. It's like your car. As I say, you could get in there and hit little, you know, smash things when they don't go right. It's not going to make your life work. It's not going to make the machine do its job. You're just going to end up with problems down the road. And, and nobody wants that. So the most important thing you can do is start to understand what I've been saying about how your brain works and realize that when you feel or when you do realize that fear is the problem, stress and anxiety. On a chemical bio-motivated you are, how hard you try to change your thoughts, how much you pray, whatever effort you put in, if you're feeling fear and anxiety, your brain is incapable of doing anything else other than what the machine's designed to do, which is lock you out of your creativity and your ability to live a tr to allow your brain to bring you the circumstances and everything you need to live a happy life. But if you want a quick fix, here's what you've got to do. You've got to say, what am I allowing into my environment? that's making me feel bad. Mm. And you have to start eliminating that. You have to start treating anything that makes you feel bad, which is making your machine work the wrong way, as the enemy. You know, and it doesn't, again, it doesn't matter what it is or how justified you might think that you are, that you've got to watch the news. You've got to stay informed. You've got to talk to that person. You've got to have this conversation that makes you feel bad. You don't have to do any of those things. You said something interesting. We all have the ability, we're different from nature and that we have the ability to change our thoughts. But more importantly, because changing your thoughts is actually very difficult because your thoughts are all from your thinking brain. That's all, the, that's all the, the only thing it can refer to. So it's actually much easier and, the, and much more sensible. Instead of trying to change your thoughts, you've got to change your input. And you've got to, you have the, if you say you have the choice over what you think, and that's what makes us different from nature, you also have the choice about what your environment is. You can choose your environment. You can choose to turn off that news. That is your choice, and that is the ultimate power. Because if you stop yourself feeling bad, you unlock your creative brain, and you'll be astounded. Instead of you struggling to achieve goals and trying to figure out what you want and putting in all the struggle and effort, making mistakes and dealing with problems like I used to do for decades, your brain can do the work and, and bring you all the stuff, all the great stuff. That's what it's trying to do. So that's yeah. the quick fix if you want a quick fix. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your story because you mentioned now an area that you had 
uh, you had certain problems financially and within your life. Can can you talk to us a little bit about that? What happened there? Well, in my mid forties, I was doing pretty well, I thought, and but I went from being a multi-millionaire to losing everything, and I had literally had the clothes on my back, and I had to move back in with my elderly mother, sleep on the sofa in her small apartment, and. I had no prospects. That was probably the worst part because I asked myself two things. Firstly, why has this happened to me? How could this have happened to me? Because I had studied success all my life. As I mentioned, I've been to all the seminars all over the world. I've been to lots of personal development things, many, many courses on goal setting, how to set and achieve goals. I did lots of courses on that. I read lots of books. I had a huge library of personal development, spirituality, different spiritual practices. I was brought up a Christian and, and therefore I had a whole religious background on how to, to, to achieve success through, through religious, from a religious perspective. I'd had my own businesses. I've had 18 different businesses in my lifetime so far. Mm-hmm. And some were successful and some weren't. I'd had an education. I went to university, got a master's degree. I studied business. I studied everything. I used to do listen to hypnosis tapes in those days that Change your beliefs, change your thoughts, change your subconscious. I used to carry around cards and read my goals all the time. I did all of those things. So when I lost everything, I thought, how could this should never have happened? Because I'm an expert on how to achieve, how to set goals, how to achieve them. This should never have happened, but it did. And it was only when I started to use my brain differently after that that things got a lot better. And it became a pattern that after I got through the, the mess of getting off the couch, as it were, when I got back on my feet, things started to come to me, good ideas, good opportunities. Of course, I acted on them, but I took the right actions. I didn't do the wrong things because I was using my brain not based from fear about I've got to achieve this, I've got to achieve more and I don't have enough, and to, to a really al- allowing my creative brain to do, to do the work. And life became a lot better a lot less stressful and a lot more rewarding and a lot more successful overall. So, and that's really what's led me into being able to teach all of this stuff through understanding how your brain works because nobody taught me, you know, all of the seminars I went to, they said you should set your goals and whatever, but nobody told me. Yeah. And write them down. You know, nobody told me that actually not many people achieve their goals when they write them down. I didn't. Very few of my goals that I achieve. All the seminars I went to, people I talked to, we're all when we're all honest, it wasn't really working for us either. Nobody taught us that it's, you've got this machine that's programmed to give you everything you want. You don't need to struggle and try and figure it out. This is far more powerful than you think it is. Remember, you thinking is just a small part of your brain. It's not the powerful, most powerful part. But you just need to know how to use it. So it's only when I started to understand this that everything sort of fell into place. And everything started to work. And that's what I'm sharing with other people. And, you know, people are getting much better results as well. Yeah. So you mentioned books, reading books. So do you have certain books that you would you recommend? And also you have your own books. Can you talk to us also about these? Sure. Well, um, in terms of my own books, I've got a, a book coming out about this, this whole subject. I actually have a podcast as well called Using Your Brain for Success, where I go into a lot more detail. They're like lessons. They're not really... I don't have guests particularly, but they're me talking. 
about how all this works, about how your brain works, about how you really achieve goals, how to set the right goals, how to solve problems using your brain the right way. That's really all in my podcast. And in terms of the other books, I think when people are on their own journey, when they're using, when they understand how their brain works and they're stopped or to the, as much as they can to start with anyway, stop using it the, um, the wrong way by making the choice about not letting anything into them that is going to make them feel feel bad, which, as I said, immediately switches you off from your, blocks you off from your ability to create your ideal life. So then you don't need to read books. Then you can refer to yourself. You've got an infinite library of, of information in your head. Now, of course, you might want to read books, and that's fine, but everybody's different. But this idea, you need to read all these books, it's not information that is, is going to it's, you don't need more information. This world is overwhelmed with, with information. You don't need any more. You've got enough. You've got, it's not information that works. This isn't what is going to make your life work, more information. But it's using your brain the right way, which is tapping into the part of you, which is connected to an infinite intelligence, which knows what you need. Now, it might know that you should read a book, a particular book, and it'll put it in your path and you will read it you'll be motivated to read it and you'll benefit from it if that's part of what's going to make you better. But someone coming along to you and saying, like I used to think, oh, I'm really rich and successful, read my book and it'll tell you what to do. That's not the way it works. You know, you're not going to find your own unique path by following someone else. You're only going to find your own unique path, your own unique happiness by understanding and using your machine that you've been given the right way. It's like you don't need to drive anyone else's car. You just need to drive your own. You can go anywhere you want with it. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So can you, Liam, give us just simply one takeaway for this uh, episode? Sure. Realize your brain is an infinitely powerful machine that is designed to make you the best that you can be. That's your biological purpose, and it's the biological purpose of your brain is to ensure that happens, and it has the power to do that. And all you need to do is use it in a way that allows your brain, the right part of your brain, to do that job for you. And the way to do that is to realize that the thing that's blocking your brain from doing that is you feeling bad, literally. So where can people get in touch with you, Liam? All, all of this information, everything about me is, is all on my website, um, which is just my name, liamnaden.com, um, and everything's there, basically. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for being here today with me on this episode. And hopefully uh, some people get a real benefit from it because today it was a completely different perspective and on success and goal setting. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on your show. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.